Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It is great to be together. Welcome those of you online that are watching us connecting today. Don't just be a spectator, please. Be a participator. Act like we're in your home, and even if you're in your pajamas now, we're not trying to embarrass anybody, but uh, here we are. And... uh, and God sees you even if we can't, okay? Uh, we're continuing our series called Gather. Very important thought. Pastor Chris really hit a lot about that. And I love that scripture that God sets the solitary in families. But the end of that is the rebellious dwell in a dry land. If you refuse to be part of a family when God's called you to be part of a family, uh, you miss out. God, God's kingdom moves forward. And, and you miss out. And so just be aware of that. Today um, is a very specific thought. As I was seeking the Lord the other day, I, I don't always get uh, words from heaven like this, but I said, uh, I said, Holy Spirit, so, okay, here we are. What do you want to talk about this week? And I heard the Lord say this phrase, don't miss your moments. Don't miss your moments. And so that's where we're headed today. Don't miss your moments. When he said that, a whole bunch of stuff popped into my spirit. So let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that is able to save us and change us. Amen? Let me me just say real quickly, a lot of churches right now really uh, backing off of their stance on the word of God being God's living, breathing word that is... God breathed, God inspired, and infallible. And I'm going to tell you, we are doubling down on the truth of God's word because if you lose that, you got no foundation on which to stand. So we're standing on that solid rock that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and able to do something right now, like Pastor Chris said, today, intimately with your life to read your mail Uh, We're going to go with God, okay? Luke chapter, uh, all my passages there from Luke 13, they're not, are from the book of Luke. They're um, not chronological, so I'll just just tell you right now. Luke 13, 34 is the first thing that came in my spirit. From the Message Bible, this says this, Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killer of prophets, abuser of the messengers of God. How often I've longed to gather How often I've longed to gather your children. Gather your children like a hen, her brood safe under her wings. But you refused and turned away. And now it's too late. You won't see me again until the day you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, Never realized before that Jesus prophesied his own triumphal entry on what we call Palm Sunday in this passage. You won't see me again until you're singing Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord and it happened. I want to weave in there Luke chapter 19, verse 41. It says, this time now as he drew near also to Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known... 
if you had recognized or received, if you had known even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Why? Because you did not know, recognize, or receive the time of your visitation. You didn't recognize or discern that God was near. You just thought he was the same old Sunday, the same old ritual, the same old thing. Finally, I want to weave in Luke chapter 14. I thought Pastor Chris really, he almost prophetically tapped this. Luke 14, 16 says, Then he, Jesus, said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. He's giving a parable here. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. He sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. They began to make excuses. I won't, I won't go, we'll, we'll skip down to verse 21, but let me just say, one of the, the first excuse was a new business venture or a, a new real estate purchase. The second was a new business purchase, and the third was a new marriage. They all had reasons, but they were excuses that kept them away from coming to the master's feast. Verse 21, so that servant came and reported these things to his master saying, then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, well, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Forget the invited guests. Let's bring in everybody. And the servant said, master, it's done as you command. There's still room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Find a way to get them here that my house may be filled. God is into gathering. He wants his people to gather together in his name. Where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus said, I will be there. And that doesn't mean in the um, omnipresent like he's everywhere. I will manifest my presence in that place. Let's pray one more time. Father God, would you open the eyes of our heart Change us today with the power of your word and help us to mark our moments and not to miss them in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we defined the word church as a gathering together of called out ones to action and saw the New Testament prototype as an embassy, not a monastery. An embassy is where uh, you, you would send someone from, from your country to represent you and that would go out into that country and in that embassy, it is the, listen, the, the, when I go travel to the nations, when I see the American embassy, I know that if I can get inside that, if anything happens in that city or that place where I am, if I can get inside that embassy, I am legally on United States territory. Right here in this place, we are legally in heaven. We are legally part of the kingdom of heaven in this place. And this is a sovereign place where God can meet with us. Amen. A gathering at our father's house to encounter his presence, to be transformed by his love, to be empowered by his spirit. That's what a church is. We define the word the last couple weeks, gather, as to come or bring together. 
to assemble or accumulate. Wow, I hear an old Beatles tune, sorry, in my brain. Come together right now over him. If only they knew him, right? <clears throat> take in, to take in from scattered places or sources to assemble one's thoughts, emotions, or strength or purpose as one gathers himself. This is a gathering place. This is a place where we're not looking for perfect people, not looking for golden vessels or silver vessels, we're just looking for available vessels. Just looking for what God wants. Just looking for God's family. Just trying to find people that he sees redemptive purpose when all we see is history. Let me say that again. When God looks at people, he doesn't just see history and what they've done. He sees their created redemptive purpose. He sees redemptively ahead of time. We were singing a few minutes ago, um, all my life you've been faithful, right? All my life. I know many of you, many of us, we didn't come to know the Lord until we were adults. But I'm telling you, you can look back at your life. Once you, are, once you have a relationship with Jesus and you can go, you know what? Even when I was like against him or didn't know him, he was already protecting me anyway. He was still good. I just didn't know it was him. I thought it was luck. I thought it was this or that or wishful thing or a positive attitude. No, all of our lives, he has been faithful and good because that's who he is. This past Wednesday was my father's 85th birthday. And um, as we approached it, my, my, my wife and I were like, what can we do? And we really felt like God really spoke to our hearts to, to mark the moment. 85, not only is that a big deal, but this past spring, many of you know, my, my, my dad um, fell a few times and his blood pressure was way up and, and his nutrition level was way down and we thought we were going to lose him for a few weeks in uh, March and April of this year. And he began to believe in, you know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. My father actually began to believe he was fading out and cooperated with the process. He decided to go on a diet at 84 and a half to, 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 to feel better about his stomach. And, and I, I said, what are you doing? You're going to cover, you know, Cover model for AARP magazine? What is, I mean, what is, what, who cares? Well, my pants were a little tight. Well, get new pants, I said. Here, 84 and a half, get new pants. We've heard for a long time that a lot of seniors, they, they want to lose weight. And yeah, you want to stay healthy and fit the right way. But here's the deal. You need, it, it's better when you get older to actually have a little bit of cushion than to have nothing left when you go through a time of weakness. So my dad's falls were based on the fact that he, did, he wasn't getting proper nutrition and, and he hadn't worked out in a few years. Just since COVID, he hadn't been to the gym and worked out. So now he's eating right. He's got a good exercise bike that he does every day and he's back to normal, except he has a little cane where he just balances himself. But he, he, he carries the cane half the time and forgets to use it. Like he's walking around with his hand. I said, well, it looks like a weapon. <laughs> My mom's on one because she's got arthritis and she needs it a little bit more than he does. But I said, I said to them the other day, I said, do you, do you, do you, you know, I picture you guys sword fighting with your canes like in Dumb and Dumber, you know? And, and they said, no, no, we don't do that. They said, they don't do that. But we felt like, you know, you know the scripture, honor your father and your mother. I mean, that's, a, that's the first commandment the Bible says with a promise. 
that it may be well with you and you may have a, live a long, peaceful life on the earth. Don't forget to honor your parents and honor your elders, honor your people around you whenever you can. This is a culture of honor here. And so in that time, we felt to commemorate the moment. And so we made reservations at, out at World Equestrian Center at that nice restaurant there for breakfast. We took him for breakfast the other day for his birthday. And he just was beaming. It was so great. And it just was one of those things that just reminded us you can take so much for granted, especially the loved ones that you have in your life. In the Gospel of Luke, the writer inspired by the Holy Spirit articulates the concept of the importance of our use of time and the simple recognition of God's purpose in every moment. Jesus uses the metaphor of a mother hen gathering her chicks under her loving and protective wings, but then laments but you refused and turned away. You wouldn't simply gather. You wouldn't simply come under the loving protection of God. And he said, he describes it from our heavenly father's perspective. I longed, I, I, was, I was itching, I was aching to have a gathering with my kids, but you wouldn't. Only a few chapters later, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, the Lord wept over that same fact that most people didn't recognize or receive him, opening the door to their own destruction because, quote, you didn't know the time of your visitation. As our Thanksgiving holiday comes this week, I feel compelled to call the people of God to open up our hearts and our spiritual eyes in the days ahead. Not to take these moments for granted like they're owed to us, because they're not. No one has a guarantee. Don't want to be morbid here. I'm actually celebrating. I'm so excited. We had another birthday with my dad. That was a, a tremendous blessing to be able to say, Dad, this is, this, this is a moment. This is, this, you know, our, our hugs the other day were extra long and extra bear huggish. They were, they were stronger. There was something. He appreciated me and I appreciated him. And there weren't always times where that was the truth. And that's the same with every family. We don't always appreciate each other. We get on each other's nerves. Especially as Thanksgiving approaches, tensions are high. People are questioning this, that, and the other. But we need to cherish what the Lord is doing today, now. Part of our name of the church, now. N-O-W doesn't stand for everything, anything. It just means now. Be, in, be present in the present. Be here when you're here. Cherish what the Lord is doing. And I want to say this to you because I don't think we recognize it sometimes till it's gone. And that is... We are in a time of visitation now. Not just because of the building. We're in a time where God is drawing near to us. And we can't take that for granted. I was told yesterday that uh, <clears throat> last Sunday, we had five first-time brand-new families that registered their kids in children's church. Five, last Sunday. Five. Listen, listen. The previous week, it was eight families registering children for the first time. That's 13 in the last two Sundays. That doesn't happen all the time. But maybe it's starting to because God is drawing near. 
And people are looking for a place where they can, where there's integrity, where they can have their kids experience God and not just go be babysat or they get a little nice word. My friends, we can get so busy with what's right in front of us that as the old saying goes, we can't see the forest for the trees. We get busy with activities without prophetic purpose. There used to be a game back in the 80s called Trivial Pursuit. Anybody remember that? That was kind of a fad <clears throat> one Christmas in the 80s or 90s. Trivial Pursuit. And let me tell you, nobody wanted to play with me because nobody knows more useless information than I do. <laughs> if, if, if you wanted to challenge me on 60s or 70s television programs, I could just about tell you who directed them, what the actors' names were. <clears throat> it's crazy. And I had so much. Thank God I've filled up with a lot more uh, spiritual revelation and truth, but I still occasionally drift back into trivial pursuits. <laughs> trivial pursuits are activities that have no prophetic purpose, no purpose in God. Many know the story of the two sisters, Mary and Martha. They gathered with Jesus in Luke chapter 10, another Luke verse. And it says in verse 38, as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village, a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. That's awesome. She had, uh, she had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, listen to this, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. There's a, there's, there's a fitting text for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Took about a word in season. Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in interrupting them. She interrupted Jesus, talking with her, her sister. And she said, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Certainly, she is justified in what she believed. This is, she thinks this is the right thing, right? Wouldn't you think that? This isn't fair. I'm doing all the work. I'm fixing all the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the stuffing, and I'm getting hungry right now just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm doing the cooking, and she's sitting here with you. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. Martha was distracted, worried, and troubled. And yet I've just described Many people in the room, not just the women, but many people in the room that have responsibilities to take care of other people this week. And you're already thinking about it. You're sitting in church and you're thinking about it. You're at home today and you were supposed to be here and you're sitting at home because you're worried about turkey. You're getting a tryptophan coma before you even have to. But Jesus said... One thing is essential. The food is great. The gathering together, it's going to be, the football's going to be awesome. Nothing wrong with any of that. 
there's one essential thing that when you gather, that you honor his name and his presence and appreciate and value who he is and what he's done. The presence of Jesus is more important than the holiday itself. The presence of God, the presence of Jesus manifesting in the gatherings that are happening this week are more important. Those moments where you're sharing your testimonies. Listen, it's great to share what you're thankful for, but who are you thankful to? Because there are going to be a lot of people this week around tables telling what they're thankful for, and they don't have a sweet clue that they're actually supposed to glorify God for what's happened. They're praising the universe or luck, or wishful thinking, or positivity. Mm -mm. My friends, the urgent often screams over the whisper of the most important. Let me say that again. The urgent often screams over the whisper of the most important, the essential. All over America, People are going to express their thanks. That's a positive thing to do. But keep your eyes on the one you're thankful for the most. Part of our purpose as followers of Jesus are to praise, honor, and glorify him. Not that we have to get preachy to our family members and our testimonials, but in this time of great fear and anxiety about the future, we need to at least point to the reality of our relationship with the Lord. The word says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you when you're asked. Well, maybe this is the week, this is the moment, this is the time where that, where that person is finally opening up or maybe somebody in your family that you go, hey, they've been closed, they've been anti-God forever. Maybe the window is open this much. Maybe something has happened and they're in a transition in their lives in a, in a sea of change and they're contemplating certain things. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you. Just describe what you're hopeful for and why you're hopeful. I want to encourage you to develop your sensitivity to spiritual timing. You know, broken clocks can really mess you up. We have, we have a, a, a couple of high clocks in our, in our home that are above, you know, above closets and things. And uh, they are the last clocks to get changed for the time change every year. I forget, this year I was away for the time change. When I got back, all the clocks were cuckoo. They were all different. My wife changed two or three and then left the rest for me. And so I've been discovering yesterday, I realized the one over, the, over our pantry was still not changed. I said, well, okay, it requires a ladder. That's why I didn't go get it. It requires the ladder and the ladder's in the garage. So made a trip. But for a while, people would come in even this past week and look and go, oh, is that the time? No, no, no. It's, I'm sorry. That one has not changed yet. Clocks that are off time can really mess you up. It, it, can, it can throw off your timing completely <clears throat> in other areas. Excuse me. It can throw off the divine flow of your life. 2 Samuel 11 tells the story of David 
And some of you, most of you know this story, but let me just read it to you. It says it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. What was supposed to happen at that time of year? Kings go to battle, okay? This is, this is war season. In the spring, the thaws happen, and it's time to fight. And what it says is that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. But David remained at Jerusalem. It was a season and a time when kings are supposed to go to battle, and David stayed home. Now, I, am, I want to make this clear. I am pro-rest, okay? We need to learn to rest better than we do. We need to learn to rest. We need to learn to Sabbath. We need to learn to, to be able to sit and relax and, 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 and have God working in our lives. We need, to, we, need to, we need to learn how to rest better. But there are times when it's work season where you can't be in rest mode. Even if you're tired. You know, the whole, the whole world is tired sometimes. It says, David remained at Jerusalem, verse 2. Then it happened one evening. What's it? Well, the it is the biggest scandal of King David's life began innocently enough. When it was war season, he was a king. He decided to stay home. When you're supposed to gather for war... Don't isolate alone. Sometimes the most dangerous, the most vulnerable place you're going to be in your life is if you're tired and you're isolated at the same time. In fact, I say it this way. Don't ever make a life decision when you're tired and isolated or when you're offended. Don't make a life decision. Don't change jobs just because you had a bad day on Friday and it's been a tough few months. Don't... Walk out on your spouse. Don't leave your kids. Don't walk away from places where you're supposed to be connected and rooted and grounded and established because you're in a season where you're under attack. David stayed home and it happened one evening. What it? What was the it? Well, the it hit the fan. That's what happened. <clears throat> he went up on the roof. Historically, we know at that time, by the way, King David had made a law to protect the women in his kingdom. And the law was that no man shall be on his roof late at night so the women could go bathe out on their rooftops without being messed with. But David violated his own law. I won't go too much into this, but I'll say... Be careful what your eyes are gazing at at night. Hint, hint. If I had an altar call right now, we'd be in trouble. Guard yourself. One of the Psalms says, help me to set no worthless thing before my eyes. No worthless thing before my eyes. Another Psalm says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Discernment isn't just about dangerous people and situations, but also about prophetic understanding of timing. Be careful <clears throat> with your timing. Redeem the time. The Bible says in the Old Testament of the tribe of Issachar, 
They understood the times and what God's people ought to do. They understood the times and the seasons of God. My wife always says this, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. You could have some, listen, I, I submit this to you. A lot of the times where you and I have gotten ourselves into trouble is when we were getting ahead of God because of our own desires or we were getting behind him and not willing to be obedient when he said now. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. That means you got to guard your motives, guard your heart. Out of it flow the boundaries and borders of life. Remember Abraham's wife, Sarah? And they were going along with their promise for 15 years. They had a promise of a son. One day she had a good idea. She said, well, maybe God didn't mean what we thought he meant. Let's try Hagar, the maid. Maybe you can have a date night with her and see if we can have a son that way. And they wound up with a son called Ishmael and Sarah coming to him and saying, I regret this. Put this person away. Send them out. Ishmael's are counterfeits. Something where you tried to help God make his word come true. They're out of timing and mixed with your own flesh. There are good ideas, but there are also God ideas. And you've got to guard yourself from, from making God say things that you want him to say just because you want him to say it or to, or to give you the now timing even when it's not now. It's very quiet now. I hope you're writing notes or thinking about this, but I want you to respond. We can get out of timing because we, we hear a word and we automatically, I, I, I say we interpolate it. We, we, we take it and we add our own interpretation based on the context of where we are. But I submit to you that most times when you get a prophetic thought or a word from heaven or a, a, a rhema, God lifting a scripture off the page and hits your spirit, it's now, but it's not yet. It's for now, but it's for the shelf. It's not, it's, it's not for you to go make this happen. It's for you to take a step towards it and trust God to lead you in the next step after that. Amen. I love Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 4 says a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to gather, a time to bring things together. There's a time maybe where things get scattered, but there's a time to bring it all back together and to value it and to mark those moments. Listen, don't miss your God moments. The happiest people in the world are followers of Jesus who are coordinated with their God purpose season. You know, 
You know you're in the right place at the right time in your relationship with the Lord. That when, you, when you're that way, you can have confidence and you can have joy in that. There's a great peace that comes when you're coordinated with the timing of God. Say amen. amen. Healing moments. Don't miss them. Don't miss your moments of deliverance where the anointing is here for you to get free of something. Don't hold back and hide when God wants to set you free. Don't miss those moments of manifested presence when God just comes to be with you and to affirm you and to love on you as his kid. Don't miss those victory moments where you're breaking through something. Understand the times and the purposes of God because he has a timing for every purpose. He makes all things beautiful in their time. Ecclesiastes 3 says. After it talks about the time for this and a time for that and a time for this and a season for that, he says he makes all things beautiful in their time. If you have something in your life that's not beautiful yet, it must not be time. If it's ugly, if it's still fractured, God's not done. He's still working. He works miracles. He is working these things for your good. Stay the course. I'm gonna say this. This is a word for somebody today. Stay the course. Hang in. Stay the course. Hang in there. Don't let go. Hold on to what God is doing. Hold on to his presence. Don't miss your God moments. Also, don't miss your family moments. You only get one earthly life. One of my favorite things in the holidays, I'll be watching in a few weeks when it's a Wonderful Life is on from the 1940s with Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Clarence? Clarence? It's, if in case you haven't watched it, some of the younger generation doesn't know what I'm talking about. It's a classic movie. They've, I think they've redone it in color for those of you who can't stand to watch black and white. But the gist of the movie is this. That there's a man who is upset with the way his life is turning out. So he wishes he was dead and had never been born. And an angel shows up and shows him what the whole world would have been like without him. And nothing's better, everything's worse. The movie shows you the power of one person to make a huge difference in the world around them. What a life lesson we need today. Don't miss those moments because the world is a better place because you're here, not a worse place. The devil's a liar. And he would love nothing more than to discourage you to the point of despair and wondering if the world would be better without you. It's not. And it wouldn't be and it won't be. Don't even entertain that for a moment. Everybody goes through family drama sometimes. Every family has drama. Are you hearing me? Let me just say that again. I'm not going to preach it. I'm not trying to prophesy it. But every, every family in this room, every family at home has some drama. We all have stuff. 
Why? Because nobody's perfect. Not even wonderful Christian people. But you choose love. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Choose love, choose forgiveness. Not everybody's got to be your best friend. But the Bible says strive to bring every relationship into peace. So that the root of bitterness doesn't spring up and defile your whole garden. As much as it, as much as it can be on you, Hebrews says, do your part to just make peace. That doesn't mean yammering on about your side of the story. That might not bring anybody peace. It might not even really make you feel better. Choose to gather and not to separate. I'll finish with this. Here's our takeaway. Don't miss your moments in which God is enlarging you. Don't miss those moments. Because in those moments of forgiveness, in those moments of healing, in those moments of freedom, in those moments of clearing, clearing the air or choosing love, you get bigger on the inside. Other people have their own choices. But as much as it's on you, don't miss your moments. Let's quit making excuses and accept God's invitation to the party and compel others to come along with us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. <clears throat> Lord, your word is true. Your word is amazing. Your word is so strong in us. Your word is always right. Your word is always pure. Your word is always clear. Your word speaks into every situation that we find ourselves in. And right now I ask you, Father God, that you would come and move in this place by your presence, by your Holy Spirit. Come and move in this place to to deal with our hearts in areas where we've been off timing, off track, or trying to strive for our own will, our own purpose, our own time without you. Lord, I pray for every person here in the sound of my voice that you draw them nearer to you in this moment of visitation. Draw us closer. Father, I ask you for holiday miracles this year of family mending. Father, would you heal fractured hearts and relationships? Would you build, at least build bridges in families that have been separated even through the past few years of COVID and everything else? Would you bring a healing of great divides and build bridges of your love? because of what Jesus has done for us. Lord, reveal yourself. 
If you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, this is the moment to simply take a beat. To, to, that's what this, when, when we say don't miss your moments, it's about taking a beat to consider where you are, what's really happening, and what the important things are, not just what the urgent things that are screaming. Take a moment today. When I said something a few moments ago about And I spoke to your heart by the Spirit of God to let you know how valuable you are and that the world is a better place because you're here. I saw many people wiping tears. So I want to reaffirm that. You are loved. You are accepted. God is crazy about you. Quit trying to push Him away when all He wants to do is love on you. Invite Jesus to be Lord of your life if he's not already by simply saying, I surrender to you, Lord. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Change me. That's all it takes. And then after that, there are steps. Listen, we want to help you to grow. If you don't have a Bible, we have a free Bible for you after church. Just let us know. If you don't own a Bible, we'll get you. We'll find you a Bible. Get you a Bible. Because we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to do it. In Jesus' name, his presence is here. His power is here. And you're going to make a big difference. He's making a big difference in you. Let him love you. Even when you don't feel lovable especially when you don't feel lovable. Because as I said a few weeks ago, I'm going to say it again. Before Jesus did anything, any miracles, never walked on water that we know of. We don't know anything that Jesus did in ministry. But when he was baptized, the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The pleasure of the Father is not based on works. It's based on relationship and prophetic destiny. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And he's not going to stop now. Learn to get out of his way and just let him love on you right now. And I want to pray real quickly. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I've been off timing in some stuff and I realize God is kind of dealing with me. I've missed timing on business or, or opportunities or relationship things. Or I just, feel, I just feel like God's dealing with me on the time thing. Just like we had to set our clocks back two weeks ago, I feel like God wants to adjust your timing, your inward time clock. If that's you, stand up where you are right now. If you say this, I, I need a time, I need a time change. I need a time adjustment in my spirit. I need God to adjust my life to his timing that I can flow with him and understand the seasons of God and the timing in which he's doing in my life. Amen. That's great. Everybody stretch your hand toward those around you right now. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for every person that's standing. Those of you standing, just open your, just lift your hands up to open your life. It's just open your heart like I surrender. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, your word says that you redeem time because the days are evil. Lord, would you come in your redemptive love and timing and would you bring an inward adjustment into every person who's standing and every person whose hands are raised and every person whose heart is open, whether in the room or watching online. We just bless you right now with a fresh perspective of divine timing, God's purpose, God's love, his timing for you. I say to you right now, don't beat yourself up for this. We're, we're not trying to embarrass anybody here. This isn't about what already happened and how you missed it. This is about the adjustment from now on. God can take that and he can fix it when you fix your heart and your timing on him. Lord, in Jesus' name, bring that adjustment. Bring that adjustment. Bring healing. Bring freedom. and bring alignment to the times and purposes of heaven and earth in all of these lives, in all of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, let's give God praise. You guys can take your seats, go ahead. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.